Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining our podcast, Honestly Booked. I am your host on Instagram under, oh, shoot. Redo. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot my name. <laughs> Thank you for joining our podcast, Honestly Booked. I'm your host, Ariel, on Insta under at Are You To Read With Four Eyes. And I'm your host, Rachel, on Insta under at Paperbacks and Sketchbooks. This is a conversational podcast devoted to books, all thing books, with no genre discrimination. We hope with this podcast, we will expand your TBR. So please do us a favor and follow us on Instagram at Honestly Booked. And be sure to like and follow us on Spotify under Honestly Booked. This helps get our podcast out there to fellow viewers like you. So I'm going to give you guys all a quick rundown of what every episode will feature. First, Rachel and I will talk about the most recent read we've read, a brief synopsis, if we've enjoyed it or not. And then we're going to discuss what we we are currently reading how it's going so far and if it's something we're vibing with or not and something non-bookish from the week so either like a tv show face product a food a drink anything something that we've been loving this week after that we're gonna launch right into our theme read which will feature two to three books each devoted strictly to the topic of the week and this week's topic is drumroll please Debut authors. If you don't know what a debut author, a debut author is an author who this is their first piece of published work. Now they could have a ton of other books like on their computer and works in progress, but this is their actual first published book. So that's what a debut author is. And that's what we're going to be talking about this episode. I am so excited to talk about debut authors. I personally love debuts just because it gives me the sense of who the author is, what their writing style is like, how good they could tell a story if I like the genre, and it lets me know if I vibe with it or not, and if I want to keep up with them for future releases. I just think it's so much fun, especially when you do read a second book that the author wrote, because you can sort of see how they've grown as a writer and a storyteller. And to me, that's so much fun. So it's funny you say that, because I actually have been extremely scarred by debut authors in the past. <laughs> But on the flip side, the three books that I'm bringing this episode are three of my top books of this year, and they're all debut authors. So it's kind of like hit and miss with me. You know, you get some really good ones, and then you get some really bad ones where you're like, was there an editor involved in this? <laughs> where? <laughs> how did this How did this get <laughs> out there? What has scarred me in the past is, and if you're a non-bookish person, I'll explain this, but NetGalley. So NetGalley is a website where authors and publishers put works before they're actually published. So it kind of creates hype. It gets people to, you know, uh, get people to know about the book, basically. So I usually get on NetGalley and request a few books, maybe a month, and get denied for most of them because I honestly don't know what makes publishers tick and what makes some publishers allow books, just who... But um, it's pretty random in my opinion. But basically you can request books that aren't out yet in the market and read them before to kind of, like I said, get the hype going. So I have had, I've read quite a few books through NetGalley and a lot of them were debut authors that, like I said, scarred me. One in particular, well, actually I don't want to, you know, talk crap, but <laughs> but um, they're just, you know, you can tell they're debut authors. I, every author has potential. I feel like every author can get there and can get to that point. I mean, I'm not even an author, so I can't even begin to understand the amount of stress that goes into writing and the amount of like needing to get everything perfect and all that stuff. Debut authors are either a hit and miss for real. 
Yeah, that's true. You've got a point there because I agree when you say, is there an editor or not? Because I've <laughs> definitely read some debuts that have been on Kindle Unlimited that have so many typos. So many. So many. But, you know, that is, I think that's kind of something that NetGalley helps with. Because when I do write a review and there's something that's an issue, I will mention that in my review. You know, I will say there was a typo on page 16 or, you know, this, this, this. Like, I think this could have been ironed out better. So I feel like it does help debut authors. But what was your latest read, Rachel? I'm so excited for this. So my latest read was actually one that you read too. It was Pieces of Her by Karen Slaughter. It's a thriller and it follows Andrea, who knows everything about her mother, Laura. She knows she's never wanted anything more than to live a quiet life as a pillar of the community. And she knows she's never kept a secret in her life. But that all changes when a trip to the mall explodes into violence and Andrea suddenly sees a completely different side to Laura. It turns out that before Laura was Laura, she was someone completely different. For nearly 30 years, she's been hiding from her previous identity, lying low in the hope that no one would ever find her. But now she's been exposed and nothing will ever be the same again. So police want answers and Laura's innocence is on the line, but she won't speak to anyone, including her own daughter. Andrea is on a desperate journey following the breadcrumb trail of her mother's past. And if she can't uncover the secrets, there may be no future for either one of them. So in short, Pieces of Her takes the reader on Andy's journey to discover who her mom is. It has a 3.8 star review on Goodreads, which I think is pretty fair. I gave it four stars because I really enjoyed the dialogue and the interaction between the characters. I was also hooked once I got about 100 pages in, but personally, taking 100 pages to pick up speed in a book is a little slow start for me. Usually when I reach like page 50 and nothing exciting has happened yet. I'm like, all right, well, is anything ever going to happen? Well, and that is your first exposure to Karen Slaughter as an author, correct? Yes, it is. So that's kind of, and I I don't mean this in a bad way because I enjoy it, but that's kind of a Karen Slaughter thing. That's her, her writing. It's all of her books, I believe are over 400 and something pages. They're all very detailed writing. It, it also took me about 100 pages to get into it as well, but I did enjoy it too. And I also did rate it four stars, <laughs> but that was not my most, that was not my most latest read. My most latest, re- my, most latest, <laughs> my latest read was actually a NetGalley and it was a debut author that I was not expecting. I didn't know it was a debut author when I requested it on NetGalley. I requested it on NetGalley based off of the cover, which is a beautiful cover. It is um, floral. It's just really pretty looking. And I found out it was a debut and I was like, wow, that just happened to fit with our episode. And that was called Mame. Mame is a fiction contemporary literary fiction. It's fair to say that Maddie's life in London is far from rewarding. With a mother who spends most of her time in Ghana, yet still somehow manages to be overbearing, Maddie is the primary caretaker for her father, who suffers from advanced stage Parkinson's. At work, her boss is a nightmare, and Maddie is tired of always being the only Black person in every meeting. When her mom returns from her latest trip to Ghana, Maddie leaps at the chance to get out of the family home and finally start living. She's ready to explore some important firsts. She finds a flat share, says yes to after work drinks, pushes for more recognition in her career, and then all of a sudden tragedy strikes, forcing her to face the true nature of her unconventional family and its perils and rewards of putting her heart on the line. Now, 
this book was a wonderfully written debut, but the one issue that I had with it was it seemed a little too long. Now it was a coming of age type of story. It started with her living, like I said, you know, she was living with her dad who was suffering from Parkinson's and then, you know, her mom came back and she was like, I need to start living. So she started to get out more and it was just basically her life. It was a great book. There was a lot of love in there. Um, Racism was explored. Friendships were explored. It was, like I said, a coming to age, but it felt a little long because it was just, nothing was really happening, but everything was happening at the same time. And I don't know if that makes sense, but it was beautiful. And I loved learning about the Ghanaian culture. I loved learning about their traditions and things they do. Someone in the book passes away, unfortunately. And that's not a spoiler. It happens relatively soon in the book. And it kind of turns into the last half of the book becomes kind of Maddie dealing with grief. So it's first half of the book is, you know, her coming to age, her leaving her house, her finding herself, and then the rest of the book is grief. And it, she really, Jessica George, the author, did an amazing job with really encapsulating grief and how someone deals with grief and how people feel with grief. So I rated it 4.5, I believe. And the only reason why I said, like I said, was just that it was a little too long. What was, what's, what are you currently reading right now, Rachel? I read many books at once, typically three to four. Um, I don't know how I keep the story straight, but I do. I've, I'm just a mood reader, I guess. I will pick up a book if it sounds good and I will start reading it, even if I'm in the middle of 30 other books. But right now I'm currently reading Kiss Her Once For Me by Alison Cotron, One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston, and I'm about to start The Inmate by Frida McFadden with Ariel. I also did start our book club book today. So I'm about to have four books on my currently reading list. Are those <laughs> all print books? Are those Kindle? Yeah. So Kiss Her Once For Me was my book of the month pick. So I have the physical one of that. The rest of them are on my Kindle. I, I swear by my Kindle and I think I read so many at once because I'm using my Kindle. Love it. I'm usually reading a Kindle and audio and a physical book all at once, but I'm actually currently reading two books right now. I am reading The Personal Assistant by Kimberly Bell with a book club kind of, it's not really a book club. It's a buddy read that's on Facebook or I'm sorry, not Facebook on Instagram. And they do a certain amount of chapters per day. So we read five chapters yesterday and five chapters today, and then, you know, five chapters the next day. So it kind of helps me, you know, stay on topic and stay, you mm-hmm. know, keep the story going. Um, but it's, it's pretty good so far. It's got a 3.77 rating on Goodreads and it's basically a uh, social media, this lady, Alex, she's a social media like influencer. And all of a sudden, one night she gets drunk with her assistant and her social media post, like she posted this like evil thing. And all of a sudden, all her followers turn toxic and they're just like getting mad at her for posting this. And it's kind of just showing like the decline of a social media influencer. But now there's a possible murder involved too, because her assistant is missing. My other read is called Gone Again by Minka Kent, which I've read one of her books before in the past. And I rated it five stars and she was a really fast, like it's a fast paced read, but it's not exactly a popcorn thriller, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It is a novel of escalating fear and suspense. And basically on her 40th birthday, Celia Guest has a reason to celebrate. She has a loving marriage, a beautiful Connecticut home and treasured friends. She has everything she's ever wanted. But among the card and well wishes, there's a disturbing note. And the note says, you don't deserve any of this. Who could be so cruel, so revengeful, so knowing? Then all of a sudden, 
in the morning, she vanishes. So while she's gone, her sister, her sister's friends, and everyone is trying to piece together like what happened, where she went. And at this time, there's no getting away from the truth. So it's a suspense thriller and I'm really enjoying it so far. It's very fast paced. I've almost like, I started it this morning and I'm almost done. Oh my God. So <laughs> yeah, it has short chapters and really quick POVs and yeah, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I actually have um, one of her books on my 12 books by 12 friends challenge. Ooh, which one? I think it's called the silent woman. I haven't read yeah, that one, it's, but it sounds interesting. I don't remember off the top of my head what it's about, but probably I, a thriller. Well, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but it, it sounds good. So I'm excited to read it to like kind of get off the topic of books a little bit. What are you what is your like thing of the week? What are you obsessed with right now? Right now, I'm very much obsessed with Grey's Anatomy. I've been obsessed with it probably for the last two months. Um, every single night, I watch about four episodes or more, depending on if it's a weekend or not. Weekends, I'll probably watch like eight episodes in one night and stay up all night. Um, four episodes <laughs> on a weeknight. Those are like an hour long, girl. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so if, if I'm behind in my reading, it's because I've been watching Grey's. It's, it's just so good. And I've watched the series before, so I know what's going to happen. It's actually a really good show. I think that I haven't watched all of the Grey's Anatomy, but I have watched all of the Private Practice and I enjoyed it. I think my favorite character on Private Practice is Addison. Um, I love Addison. Not sure who would be my favorite on Grey's Anatomy. I just know I don't like Meredith. That's actually a very popular opinion. A lot of people don't like her. I like as an actor, actress. I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. Anyways. So my thing of the week that I'm digging is the naked juice, the green machine girl. So I have diabetes. So I have to like watch what, you know, I eat sugar wise and stuff like that. And the green machine has a decent amount of sugar. Like I probably shouldn't be drinking that much of it, but it's so good. It tastes like a literal <laughs> smoothie. It's and it's got such good stuff in it. It's got apples, mangoes, pineapples, bananas, kiwi, spirulina, broccoli, spinach. <gasps> it's so good. But um, I've definitely drank like three bottles this week. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my loving lately thing. <laughs> Back to books. So our, on to our themed read, debut authors. Do you do you read a lot of debut authors? I don't remember if you said that. Um, I really don't. But again, I don't always check to see if it's a debut because mm. I usually don't read a full synopsis or even look into the author before picking up a book to read. Interesting. Are you a cover? <laughs> are you a cover lover? <laughs> I, I am. I am. <laughs> me too, man. If I see a book with a cover that just is not appealing to me, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I know a bad cover just like it makes me very skeptical about its content. Yeah, which I love Stephen King. He's great, but his covers are terrible. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head who has like boring, terrible covers. So for your, or for my debut authors that I chose, it's really funny because the three books I'm bringing are three of my top reads of 2022 and they're all debut authors. Like that's really cool. That is super cool. Like to get on my top, like I'm very, very critical of books and to have a debut author make me enjoy a book so much that it's on my top reads of 2022, which there's only 12. Like that's, 
I don't know what three out of 12 is, but that's like, feels like it's got to be like 30 something percent. Like that, <laughs> that's a good, <laughs> that's a good amount. <laughs> but I'll start with my first themed read is The Push by Ashley Audrain. Now, if you are a recent mother or you are very sensitive to motherhood, this is not the book for you because this is a very dark book, very dark, dark, dark. It's a psychological drama about the making and breaking of a family and a woman who's experienced a motherhood is nothing that she hoped for and everything she feared. Blythe Connor is determined that she will be the warm, comforting mother to her new baby Violet that she herself never had. But in the thick of motherhood's exhausting early days, Blythe becomes convinced that something is wrong with her daughter. She doesn't behave like most children do. Or is it all in Blythe's head? Her husband, Fox, says she's imagining things. The more Fox dismisses her fears, the more Blythe begins to question her own sanity, and the more we begin to question what Blythe is telling us about her life as well. And then their son, Sam, is born. And with him, Blythe has the beautiful connection she's always imagined with her child. Even Violet seems to love her little brother. But when life as they know it is changed in an instant, the devastating fallout forces Blythe to face the truth. This book was hard. This book was... One of those psychological thrillers that really gets in your head and makes you feel like dark. it's dark. It's a very dark book, but it was beautifully written in every sense of the word. Like I truly felt like I was in Blythe's head. Like I felt like I felt like I was her. I was fully immersed in her head. And I love that. I love when I can feel what the character's feeling. I also kind of liked the unsettlingness of it, you know, like I liked her like pulling on my heartstrings because I myself am a mother, you know? It was interesting to read the book from multiple points of view of the mothers. A lot of the book had me a little bit confused in the beginning, but everything ended up tying together so well. One thing though that I do have to say is I'm very picky with names in books and I just do not like the name Blythe and Fox. Interesting. Does a name in a book bother you? Like if there's a really weird name, Sometimes. I mean, if there's a name that I have absolutely no idea how to pronounce, I'll kind of just skim over it every single time or I'll come up with my own pronunciation for it. (laughs) And then that's just their name for the rest of the book. Because like, I don't know, it just bothers me when I can't pronounce a word, but I never bother to look it up. So I guess that's on me. That's funny. Uh, it's like, if it's a, if it's a name that's really weird, like Blythe Fox, um, I think I had one that was like Bracken the other day. And then there was a like Clementine. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> but that's just not a weird name. Sure. I mean, it's the name of an orange, but like, <laughs> yeah, not a person. <laughs> Ashley, this book was really good. Ashley Audrain, she actually has another book coming out soon. And best believe the second I saw that was put onto Goodreads, bam, to be read. That is put on my to be read shelf. I think she's releasing her next book in I think the beginning of 2023 and I'm 100% grabbing it. Tell me about your debut author. Mine was Stephanie DeCarolis with The Guilty Husband. I found this book on Kindle Unlimited and I was so glad I did because I ended up reading it in one day. So this book follows Vince Taylor, who's a wealthy tech CEO in New York City. He has the perfect wife, the perfect life. But when Layla, a stunning young intern at Vince's company, is found dead, all eyes are on him. Vince has a secret that threatens to tear their perfect world apart part. He was having an affair with Layla, and he'll do anything to cover his tracks. When the police discover Vince lied about their relationship, they are convinced they have found Layla's killer. If Vince kept quiet about the affair, what else is he guilty of? 
I feel like the synopsis doesn't really do it justice because the book was much more interesting than that sounded. Um, It has a four star rating on Goodreads, but I gave it three just because it was wildly predictable at some point. Um, I mean, from that synopsis, you're like, oh my God, obviously he- Was this a thriller? It was, yes. Oh, okay. Wait, what was the name of this? The Guilty Husband. When you're reading that synopsis, I feel like I have read this. Let me look. The Guilty- But it's also a- very common sort of plot line I feel like I feel like I've read many thriller-esque books with the CEO sleeping with someone yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's always the intern or like another employee or the secretary like so you didn't like it it wasn't a hit for you (laughs) I mean it was in the sense that I found it super intriguing and I just had to know what was going to happen even though I kind of knew what was going to happen which is why I gave it three stars because like I said I did read it in a day the ending was also sort of something I didn't fully see coming but I did guess it was going to happen when I started reading it so that knock the star off for me it just felt like something was missing from this book predictable too yeah it just needed like a little more oomph to make it better well that's unfortunate but the writing was good and I think it was good for a debut especially for a thriller like she Mm -hmm. had me hooked so I give her props for that would you read another book of hers if she came out with another one I think I would and I think she has another book out too it sounds good and I'd read it just to see if there's any improvement in plot line What else are you reading by a debut author? Well, so the second book that I'm bringing is called Blood Sugar by Sasha Rothschild. And I don't know if you want to look this up on Goodreads, but this cover is gorgeous. And I actually bought this book for the cover. And it ended up being really good. So this was a thriller as well. And it was a little bit different because it's told from the point of view of a murderer. Ruby, though she's a murderer, is not a sociopath. She's an animal loving therapist with thriving practice. She's felt empathy and sympathy. She's had long lasting friendships and relationships and has a husband, Jason, whom she adores. But the homicide detectives at Miami Beach PD are not convinced of her happy marriage. When we meet her, she's in a police interrogation room being accused of her husband's murder, which ironically is the one murder she did not commit, though her vicious mother-in-law and scandal-obsessed public believe differently. As she undergoes questioning, Ruby's mind races back to all the details of her life that have led to this exact moment and to the three dead bodies in her wake. Because though she may not have killed her husband, she's not innocent. So this is alternating between Ruby's memories of her past crime and her present day fight to clear her name. It's a very twisty, clever debut with an unforgettable protagonist who you can't help but root for. How often do we read a book told from like the killer's point of view, but you want to root for them? How often does that happen? That seems... (laughs) so unlikely (laughs) it is and it's literally it's it's so different and that's what I really like like I love these breaths of fresh air my next book is a breath of fresh air too but this was something so different it's like you know she's a murderer she tells you she's killed three people right she's being accused of her husband's murder but she actually didn't do that one it was very twisty very fun I absolutely loved the main character. She was so fun to read. And I was just like the whole time while she's being interviewed, because it starts off, like it says, starts off while she's in the police interrogation room and they're like getting on her for her husband's murder. And it's like, she can't say like, but I didn't do this one, you know, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) so the whole time it alternates between past and present. It alternates between her point of view and, you know, like the police interrogation part. So it's like the whole time you're rooting for her. And it's so interesting because it feels weird because she's a murderer. 
it was really good and I really liked it. And I don't know if she has another book out yet, but 100% if she, when she ever releases another one, definitely going to add to it because this was, this was interesting, interestingly written. And the cover, like I said, the cover is just freaking gorgeous. Like yeah, I, had, I, uh, I looked, you looked it, it up. up. I looked it up. <laughs> it's, it's cool. Beautiful. It's really cool. looking. I like it. The second book that I'm bringing that's a debut is Icebreaker by Hannah Grace. This one I also found on Kindle Unlimited, and I also had a friend recommend it to me. It's a hockey romance. Um, I'm a sucker for romances. We all know that. It also has the enemies to lovers trope, which is one of my all-time favorite romance tropes. It is about the main character. Her name is Anastasia Allen, and she has worked her entire life for a shot at Team USA. She's a competitive figure skater since she was five years old. She has a full college scholarship thanks to her place on the Maple Hill skating team and a schedule that would make even the most driven person weep. Nathan Hawkins has never had a problem he couldn't solve. As captain of the Maple Hills Titans, he knows the responsibility of keeping the hockey team on the ice rests on his shoulders. When a misunderstanding results in the two teams sharing a rink and Anastasia's partner gets hurt in the aftermath, Nate finds himself swapping his stick for tights and one scary coach for an even scarier one. The pair find themselves stuck together in more than one ways, but it's fine because Anastasia doesn't even like hockey players. So the synopsis, again, I don't think really does it justice. It's much more interesting than that little Goodreads blurb sounds. But again, I also only gave it three stars, even though it has a four star rating on Goodreads, because there was an epilogue. And in the epilogue, my least favorite trope occurred, um, which is surprise pregnancy. That may be a spoiler for some people, but I don't really care because I hated it. It did not go with the book at Spoiler all. alert. <laughs> You should have said that before, but um, okay. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I need to warn the people of what they're getting into because Appreciate everything it. about this book was fine. Like it was fine. I was enjoying it. It was a little bit spicy, but the storyline was also good. Like there was actually a story there. It wasn't like where you read some of like Coho's books and the, the plot line is just sex. <laughs> um. <laughs> About epilogues, do you read the epilogues? I do read the epilogues because I like to know what happens in the future of the characters. Hmm. In this case, I really didn't need to know the future of the characters because it ruined the whole thing for me. If I am enjoying the book and I'm okay with where it ended, I won't read the epilogue. I'll be like, I don't, I don't want to know what else the author has to say because I like where they ended it. If I want more from the book, then I will read the epilogue. So maybe you felt like you got enough in the book and didn't have to read the epilogue? Yeah, I mean, I honestly should have skipped it, but my brain will not let me say that I've finished a book um, until <sighs> I read the entire book. Like, I have to read the entire thing. Even if there's a sucky epilogue, I have to read it. My brain... I read author's notes <laughs> at the end. I definitely read author's notes, you know, where you they... see, I used to do that too, but then I, I just stopped reading the author's notes and now I, I just end with the last sentence of the story. So would you read any of their books in the future? I don't know. If she pulls some crap like that epilogue again, I will be so upset. <laughs> I don't like to slander any authors, but I really think this epilogue was so unnecessary. I'll slander an author. Because like both characters in this book, they were so driven and Jennifer so McMahon. motivated. 
<laughs> and they like literally they were so driven in their careers that it made no sense to me why she would choose this for them. Yeah, that that kind of seems like a way out of left field, maybe shock value kind of thing. Like the entire book, I was really hoping that trope would not happen. And I got to the last chapter. Did you have like, did you have any foreshadowing that it was going to happen? Like, was there like, was that something that was brought up? Or was that just some random as hell thing that just happened? There might have been a little bit of foreshadowing because Hmm. it was like mentioned in passing a little bit, but it was always said as a joke. And then it like happened in real life. And I was like, why are we making jokes of reality in this epilogue? We could have just left it as jokes. It was, um, it, it made me knock a star up for sure, because I was about to give it four stars. So I asked, actually had the same situation with my next read, my next theme read. And that is Sign Here by Claudia Lux. And it has a 3.91 review on Goodreads or rating on Goodreads, which I rated it four stars. It was going to be five, but kind of on the same thing as yours, that mm-hmm. mine wasn't the epilogue that threw it off. It was the last few chapters where I was just like, what? <laughs> like the whole book, the whole book had me like loving it. I was tearing through it. It was nothing that I've ever read before. 100% different than anything I've read before. And I absolutely loved it. I love the snarkiness. I'll explain it in a second, but the ending just was so confusing. And there was just so many things thrown in where I was just like, what, what? And it didn't wrap up well. And then the epilogue was terrible. And I was just like, what? So about the book now, (laughs) this is a dark, humorous, surprisingly poignant and utterly gripping debut novel about a guy who works in hell, literally, and is on the cusp of a big promotion if only he can get one more member of the wealthy Harrison family to sell their soul. When I say he works in hell, I mean he works in literal hell. This is a, it's marketed as a horror, fantasy, fiction, mystery, thriller, adult humor, which is kind of like every genre out there. And I feel like that fits it because it is every genre out there. There's a little bit of fiction mystery. There's a little bit of thriller. There's a little bit of humor. There's a little bit of horror. There's a little bit of fantasy. (laughs) It was a smorgasbord of a book and in the best way. Peyote Trip has a pretty good gig in the deals department of the fifth floor of hell. Sure, none of the pens work, the coffee machine has been out of order for a century, and the only drink on order is Jaeger. But Pay has a plan, and all he needs is one last member of the Harrison family to sell their soul. When the Harrisons retreat to the lake house for the summer with their daughter Mickey's precocious new friend Ruth in tow, the opportunity Pay has waited for a millennium for might just be in his grasp. And with the help of his charismatic coworker Calamity, he sets a plan in motion. But things aren't always as they seem on Earth or in hell. Now, like I said, this was everything. Like there was so much in this book, but I loved it. Now it had me shocked. I am so mind blown that this is a debut novel for the first 90% of the book. It was very witty. I mean, it was very charming. It was very hilarious, but it also was dark at times. And it was also very thought provoking. So like, how do you get all of that in one book? It was so good. Yeah. What what my favorite thing about this book was the little quirks about being in hell. So for example, one of them, like it said in the uh, review, is the pens never work. Um, there's never hot water. Anytime you would go to heat up your leftovers, it would never fully heat, no matter how much you tried. The water when you would go shower was always always cold. It was just little things that were like, this is hell. You know what I mean? Like you're literally in hell Mm -hmm. and it's not the hell that we think of like fire and brimstone. It's just 
inconvenienced 24 seven. You're always late places. There's puddles on the floor. Like you're, you, every time you eat something, you spill on yourself, like just little things like that, that the author, that was so smart. Like who thinks of that? Yeah, that's, um, I'm actually just impressed by the description of it. I think Um, you should read this one day. You know, it's funny because it's actually on my TBR. It's good, but I I, want to tell you and everyone that the ending had me confused. I don't understand. Like, it doesn't ruin the book. The book is really good, but... I would just love to talk to the author and ask her what, what, what she meant. And like, I just don't, I can't say anything without spoiling it. But if you've read this book and you know what I'm saying, DM me because (laughs) I don't know what happened at the end and I'm still really confused on it. And my whole, I read this as like a buddy read buddy group kind of thing, like kind of how I'm doing the personal assistant where we would read a certain amount per day. And everyone in my buddy group loved it until the ending. They're just like, they were confused. If that makes any uh... sense start a petition to ban epilogues (laughs) that's what I'm saying it wasn't an epilogue though it was like the last four chapters it's she like added some new information that I wasn't really sure what to do with it kind of like with your book did she like leave it open for a sequel she did which I'm okay with but it just is it just didn't I don't know it didn't make sense to me it was definitely a day. De- you could tell it was a debut author in that aspect, but with the other 90% of the book, I would never have guessed it was a debut author, which right. I'll consider it a win. I'll consider it a win for her and for me. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, it sounds like you loved it. Yes. And I actually told my mom to read it, which she doesn't read often, but hopefully she will. Um, I would recommend this for sure, Rachel. Yeah. I, I'm moving it to the top of my TBR. <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> it is good. It was good. Like I said, except for that ending. All right. So Ariel, since I added sign here to my TBR, is there anything that you've added to yours that's a debut or just anything in general that you're super excited to read? My newest shelf addition to my ever-growing, forever long-lasting, 964-book-long TBR (laughs) (laughs) was actually two books, and it's A Flicker in the Dark by Stacey Willingham and One of Us by Stacey Willingham. And the reason why I'm adding both of those books is because I just read her book, All the Dangerous Things, five stars. That one's also on my TBR. It's, um, I think it comes out in January. I loved it. And I know that A Flicker in the Dark, her first book, was a Goodreads winner, I believe, or either a nominee. So I know that it's got a lot of love. And I've been told that if I liked all the dangerous things, I will love that. So I added that to my uh, TBR. And I also added her newest one that is not even like out yet, doesn't even have a cover, no ratings. And it looks like it's going to come out at the end of 2023, possibly the beginning of 2024. But I threw that onto my TBR real quick on the Goodreads. So the second it does come out, mine. Oh, sounds so exciting. Yeah. So I added those two to my shelf this week. What were your shelf additions this week? I actually added all the dangerous things um, by Stacey Willingham. Um, it's so good. It sounds so good. And I really can't wait for it to come out. I want to read it so bad. Um, and then I also added funny. You should ask by Alyssa Sussman. Um, and that one I added because I really like the cover. It has so many bright colors on it. And one of my friends read it and she said it was really good and that I should read it. So I was like, all right, added. So that's what I've got. Do you have any debuts on your TBR that you know of? 
I have the Love Light Farm series on there by BK Borison. Okay. Um, that one's on Kindle Unlimited. Sign Here by Claudia Lux is on there that we just talked yes. about. I think those were the only two on there that were debuts on my list. It's so hard to find <laughs> debut authors, in my opinion. Um, I know they're out there and I'd love to read some more debuts. So if anyone's got any recommendations, please let me know. I'm no offense, but I'm not going to go through 964 books and see what's a debut or not. So I just did like a brief go through of mine, just trying to comb and see if I have any that are debuts. And I did find one. And it's funny because this book I actually received in a blind date with a book, which I participate in maybe mm, every other month. There's a woman on Facebook, or I guess it's on Etsy, but I found her on Facebook originally that sells blind date with the book. You pick the genre and she sends you a book curated specifically for you um you give her your goodreads link and she looks and sees what's on your list to read uh she sees what you've read what you know she kind of curates it specifically for you and she sends you books from the genres you pick i usually pick my favorites which is historical fiction literary fiction and thrillers and she sends you the book but not only does she send you the book wrapped so beautifully she adds in a few bookmarks some stickers a couple little cute things to go with the book sometimes there's tea sometimes there's chocolates and it's just so fun. Sometimes it's been like something that opened my eyes, like a book that I did not know I was going to like. So with that being said, I found a book on my TBR that was from her that is a debut author, and it's called Hannah's War by Jan Eliasberg. It's a historical fiction, and I guess it's told in two different points of view, Berlin in 1938 and New Mexico in 1945. It's a thrilling wartime story of loyalty, truth, and the unforeseeable fallout of a single choice. Now, this looks right up my alley. I haven't read many historical fictions lately because it's been Halloween and, you know, now it's Christmas and I've just been so backlogged on a bunch of different thrillers, but I'm definitely needing to jump into my baby again. Again, <laughs> yeah, read absolutely. some historical fiction. <laughs> that um, blind date with a book sounds so much fun. I'm gonna have to look into that. It definitely does. And the books that she sends are all brand new. They're like not secondhand. Mm-hmm. They haven't been used. They're like really good condition, like hardbacks, paperbacks. It's really fun. So oh. I absolutely love that. We went over a bunch of debut authors and we hope to read more debut authors in the future. Our next episode is going to be Christmas romances. I love reading romance novels. I <laughs> grew up reading Sarah Dessen novels um, when I was in middle school and that was all like teenage romance and I just got hooked on it and now I've moved into adult romance novels. I'm very excited for next week. I, I'm, I'm very not, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone. I, I am trying. It better not put me in a reading slump, Rachel. I will make sure that you keep reading. I'm sure there's going to be some weeks where I'm not going to be thrilled. That's true. That's true. That's true. Because <laughs> I'm going to for this. The one week you're going to get a historical fiction one. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not that into historical fiction. It always kind of bores me in a way. Um, so <laughs> we'll see if I can finish any of them. Well, I have some good recommendations for that. So it looks like it's time for me to torture myself for the next week and read Christmas romances. Yay. Yay.
that was a wonderful episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to our very first episode. I hope you have some new ideas for your TBRs. We got some great debut recommendations, some general recommendations in there for you. So I hope you come back next week. That will be next Wednesday. See how much Ariel hated the books. Ugh, and there's, uh, anyways, we'll get into that next episode. But thank you so much to every single person that's listening. We really hope you stick around as we grow and develop into something better. You know, our whole purpose here and our whole goal is to just talk about books, talk about the books we enjoy, add some new ones to our list, either from you or for you, grow your TBR, grow our TBR. Because even though mine's 964, I can always add like, you know, 60 or 70 more books. And hey, there's a library that's free. Absolutely. Thank you so much again. And we absolutely hope you stick with us and happy reading. Happy reading.